Unhinged No Hope, the podcast. This is going to get worse before it gets better. Hello, all people of hopelessness. Yay, God, there is. My fucking hopelessness. My my hopelessness is literally like exponentially increasing Peak. daily, which I did not understand was even possible. But there, you think this is the peak? There, you believe this no, is the peak? No, there are ever higher peaks to There achieve. is no peak. <laughs> <laughs> there is no hope and there is no peak to hopelessness. <laughs> Just know that. Uh, fuck. If there are, fuck. Like one certain, fuck. One okay. certainty in life is that things will get worse. <laughs> well, hey, everybody. I've been saying Let's that to my mother about, for... Oh yeah, no. I've been saying that to my mother for like six months. Like, it's going to get worse before it gets better. Just, you know, yeah, because I do believe that is true. That is, so, yeah, 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 for sure, yeah, for yeah. sure, for sure. It's like, that was what, um, I can't, I'm, I don't know if I've said this before, but that's, I had like terrible acne as a teenager. Okay. And so like, fi- they, you know, they put me through all of these, you know, antibiotic regimens. Mm. And then finally, you know, the big mama at that moment yeah. was Accutane, oh, totally. which was fairly new in the, that. like, you know, the what late eighties. Yeah. yeah okay. Brother took that. And Didn't so like when gut- I finally went on the Accutane, mm. Dr. Capper said, just so you know, Tim, it's going to get much worse before it gets better. Early life. But that's normal. Early life that's lesson. That's what always happens. Early and I'm like, lesson. what? Early life lesson via Accutane. Yeah. I do remember that it was like it like gutted your like, system. I remember it was like, don't do this. It may cause sudden death. No, I don't know. I remember that it was like, like it was like a sledgehammer though. It was, it is, it was horrible and it like, it incredibly dehydrated you, which was, I guess, one of the ways that it sort of like just pulled all of the moisture out of your body so that it, it couldn't like, you know, replicate itself. Um, but many years later, you know, those late night, like you're watching late night shows and there's those weird things about like, if you've had a uh, tubal implant, you know, (laughs) you could be eligible (laughs) for money. Like there was a, there was a series of commercials uh, like if you were on, if you were on Accutane in the early or the late eighties, you might be eligible for money. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Right now it's always those, those transvaginal mesh ones or something. Right. Yes, mesh. That's what it. That's yes. It's mesh. mesh. It's, it's a. It's a mesh in the body. Yeah, a mesh Which in the body. Sound yes. like a great um, idea, but ah, uh, we mean, just hit all topics. You got to hold the, things up. You got to hold, hold things, things up, up that yeah. are falling down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm nearing the point in time that I need some transvaginal mesh. Uh, just had another birthday a couple weeks. A couple weeks ago. Not, uh, not. Oh my God! I still have your birthday card. You have to remember no. that I have this birthday card for two years. It'll be like I, this collection, I'm, like a deep layer of dust on it. Like uh, um, civilizations anyway. will have risen and fallen by the time you give me the birthday card. Um, well, well, at the that, rate I mean, we're that's going, not too far away. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, yeah. Uh, but let's talk about um, some you, musical you, Scott Schneider. Yeah, you're Scott Schneider. Yeah, I am. You? I'm Tim Allmiller. Okay. And we're No Hope, Hope the podcast. Um, I don't think we said that. Well, you know, it's episode 18, so I think people know. I, I, I know, but you're, just, you're still, you're supposed I doubt they're just jumping people in. People might tune in randomly. Okay. You don't know. It depends a little bit on what we're talking about. Okay. You know, the hashtags and all that algorithmic nonsense well, hash- we have listeners i told you yes. we oh, we know. have listeners in saudi arabia and the russian federation hashtag some people have warned me might not be a good idea <laughs> oh. I, don't, I see we welcome all listeners anyways yeah well you, for this episode be sure to hashtag transvaginal mesh um that ooh, that's and, a and hashtag accutane you should text me um, that I, yes. I'm ready yes. to talk about musicals, though, and maybe unless we've okay, got okay, some rewinds. Okay. Wait, first, rewind. right? a couple of rewinds. We do have a rewind. We have. I have some fun rewinds because I, um, after we talked with Don about once, um, I just went down a little rabbit hole, like learning about the film, learning about mm-hmm. the two writers, uh, and it was really fun. I, I learned some things, and I thought, okay. So the first thing I learned is. The title 
refers to the many very talented artists that John Carney, who was the screenwriter yeah. and director, I believe, knew who the, the many talented artists that knew that John Carney knew who put off their career by saying once they get this and that sorted out, but never succeed because they put it off so long. Wow. Once I get this done, I'll write that song. Once I get this done, I'll record my album. And I did you know that? No, not at all. Huh. It's really it's it's, interesting. It's really quite profound. I was I was moved. Um lately I'm the, like uh, once, a couple of just I'm quick... like once the pandemic is over, I'll write a song. I've been so not creative yeah, it... through this experience thus far. But so that's my yeah. once. Yeah. <laughs> once once the yeah. once yeah. we so... slowly climb out of the pandemic, I'll play the piano again. Um wow. No wow. I'm gonna get to a happier place by the end of this podcast. Uh okay, so hit me yes, up with absolutely. another rewind. Oh we're going to love hating. Okay, yeah. okay. So this is uh, just, a, these are all f- a few things about the film, but the lead role was originally intended for Cillian Murphy. Oh, you know who yeah, yeah, is, for right? sure. He, for sure. Yeah, he's like a major actor. Yeah. Um, he turned it down because he was unsure about acting opposite a non-professional, Marqueta Urglova, yeah. who was the writer and was going to play the girl, and who was only 17 oh, wow. at the time. I'm um, and also because he wasn't convinced his singing would do justice to Glenn Hansard's songs. Mm. So when Murphy pulled out, so did most of the money, which is why the film was shot on a fucking crazy shoestring budget. I mean, yeah. literally, like, it, it sat, it's as if you and I were making this film. Yeah. Like, they filmed things in people's living rooms. Uh, at When they had a party scene, Marquetta had made all of the, the uh, everything in this yeah. in the scene. She had she had made did, herself as the remember, leading actress. Yeah, I did remember that like, it was you know, just low budget. Like, yeah, yeah, like super low budget. The, the Dublin street scenes were recorded without permits. So there was a long lens that was used. So most people didn't even realize they were being filmed. And of course, it also helped the, the, the two leads who were both non-actors yeah. not feel so nervous. So they it, it, it was more natural. I gotcha. It was shot in 17 days. Uh, Marquetta was in school and had to get permission from her school in the Czech Republic to take time off to make hmm. the film. Okay. At the age of 19, Marketa Urglova won the Academy Award for Best Original Song for the film, making her the youngest person to win a non-acting Oscar. No. So the only people that have won younger than that were actors. Performers. Yeah. Right. This is a really strange fact, which I never registered, but I learned something. First of all, they were not a couple before... They made the film. Oh. They became, they wrote those songs, and then they became a couple during the shooting of the film. He was 37. She was 17. Now, granted, by the time the film came out, she I'm sure she was 18, and when she won the Academy Award, she was 19. Their relationship only lasted, I think, it said, uh, less than two years. And uh, and then, yeah. But isn't that fucking crazy? So that's like... Fascinating. That's a that's a hefty um, age difference. Distance, mm-hmm. a hefty age difference. And then my final thing is just that we were talking about Kristen, Kristen, right? Kristen Milioti, who played her in the, on so. stage. Yeah. Um, if you have not watched Palm Springs on Hulu with Andy Samberg, yeah, it's super fun. I don't have Hulu. It's really fun. Oh. I will. I will find. I shall find a way. I wanted to get Hulu to see that. Rosanna, Ar- not Rosanna, Patricia Arquette. I can't believe that you have show. still not watched that. Know, especially because I was obsessed with a like story when it came out. Remember, I was and like, we got to write a musical really about good. this. We got to write a musical yes. about this. And then they, then they did and that And it's show. really good. The act. But so is Palm Springs. Like, if you need something yeah. that's like fun and like, I mean, we laughed out loud yeah. several times. No, which, I want to watch. You know, the these act. days are few and far between. I want to watch the act because I love. You know, I love me some Munchausen by proxy. You can uh, hashtag <laughs> that. In addition to, there's it. nothing like it. There's <laughs> just nothing like it. Transvaginal, transvaginal mesh. And, uh, mesh. Yes. Munchausen by proxy. All right. Sweet. Um, I wish I. I wish I had a a. Um, a question, but I don't have a question oh. for this episode. So I well, think we're maybe just we'll going just stumble to stumble into one. We're just maybe we will. I mean, we've already stumbled into so I'm many. I'm sure so, I asked you things you... last episode. Yeah, I did. Like, what was your uh, oh. high school part-time jobs? That's right. That's yeah. right. That's we'll, right. We'll, we'll stumble into one. All right. <laughs> 
All right. So, but you're going to start off talking about a musical that you love, which I am so excited to hear. Actually, I'm like every time we do this, yeah. I'm I'm like, are we ever going to talk about the same thing? And I almost texted John, but I was like, I don't know, because I feel like you saw this. Um, I'm pretty sure you saw this. Um, so here we go. Uh, okay. Okay. I'm going to move you over since we don't, we're hacks. We're doing this over video conferencing. I mean, although it's a pandemic, so it's more that than hacks. Um, so yeah, I need, I needed to see you while I look at my notes. Um, uh, yeah. So the musical that I love, it's more of a concert than a traditional musical. Um, it centers on the okay. life and music of a famous rock and roll singer. Uh, but lest you think this was a cookie cutter jukebox musical, I can totally assure you it was not. Um, the show in question was conceived, adapted, and directed by Randall Myler and initially produced by the Denver Center Theater Company in May 1994. Um, its next run was at the Zachary Scott Theater Center in Austin, Texas from August 97 through October 97. Um, the Cleveland Playhouse in the Royal George Theater in Chicago in 1999. And wow. then the Bay Street Theater in Sag Harbor, New York in 2000. So after winding its way through you know these regional theaters for seven or so years it ultimately debuted off broadway at the village theater in new york city opening on april 10th 2001 um which that theater is where i eventually stumbled upon this little jewel of a show and that show that i love is love janice yes yeah. it took me a moment for some reason i thought you were <laughs> i don't know why i thought you were gonna you were going to talk about Tommy and I was like, I was huh. so confused, but then I realized quickly that that was not what was happening. Um, um, we saw this show together. Did we? Okay. No. That, yes. I, okay. That doesn't surprise me, but like the first thing I was going to say is like a lot of the details of this show are sort of lost to me in the sands of time. It was, a, I mean, let's be honest. It was a long time ago. Um, it was a long time ago. And more than anything, I remember like the feeling of seeing the show. Um, I was very new to New York at the time and it was just sort of everything that one wants out of an off Broadway, like theatrical experience. First of all, the venue was very downtown um, in this cool sub-level performance space at the corner of Thompson and Bleecker. Uh, originally, this space was a nightclub known as the Village Gate, which saw such storied performers in its heyday as John Coltrane, Duke Ellington, Jimi Hendrix, Dizzy Gillespie, Dave Brubeck, Charles Mingus, Miles Davis, Nina Simone, Patti Smith, Velvet Underground, wow. and Aretha Franklin, who evidently made her first New York, uh, New York appearance there. Um, when I, or evidently we, saw the show it was dubbed the village theater and later in spring 2008 it reopened as none other than la poisson rouge where we played our little fucked up show hello my name is billy in the summer of 2011 oh so sort of full circle on this on this space the circle uh, of life the circle of the life circle of life so i definitely did not know any of the history of the venue when i saw the show but i kind of didn't need to um my feeling is when you're in a place like that, you can just sort of sense the musical ghost. The It just has like a vibe to it, uh, which is definitely how I felt about that venue. Um, as far as the show itself, it is inspired by the best-selling book of the same name by uh, Janice's sister, Laura Joplin. The musical is constructed around personal letters that uh, Janice had written to Laura. Uh, Laura then evidently passed these letters letters along to the creator of this musical, Randall Myler. So who is Randall Myler? I had actually never heard of him. Good. I uh, right? didn't. I don't even know. Th- so no. prior to researching, Nope did not recognize the name when he popped up, despite loving this show. Fun fact, he received two Tony Award nominations uh, for Best Musical and Best Book of a Musical, and a Drama Desk nomination for Best Musical Review for his acclaimed musical, It Ain't Nothing But the Blues which was staged at both uh, Lincoln Center and Broadway's Ambassador Theater, um, which I had like vaguely heard of that v- review, but also... When? When was that? I don't know. Before? I should look it up. Okay. Yeah, okay. I was actually looking through these notes like, when was that? Um, 
Back to Love, Janice. Uh, the musical begins in 1966 after Joplin has hitchhiked to San Francisco to join uh, the band Big Brother and the Holding Company, and it ends with her death in 1970. Her journey is told in her own words. The entire spoken text is quoted from Joplin's letters and interviews. I really loved that device um, because there's nothing fictional or hackneyed or unfiltered for the spoken portions of the show. The feeling was that you were sort of getting spoken to from this acclaimed artist from behind the grave. And in that way, it felt very personal and very special to me. Um, having said that, I feel like this show could have failed spectacularly without the right talent, but, uh, but oh God, yes. right? like it could have come off like, uh. you know, waiting for Guffman, but it was uh, impeccable. I think, I think I saw the show three times. Uh, although I'm embarrassed to say, I don't remember like specifically which actors were the ones that played Janice, um, only that they were all amazing. Uh, during the course of the run, they were initially alternating performances by Kathy Richardson and, Andra Mitrovich. Uh, later singers included Beth Hart, Laura Branigan. What? As in Gloria, oh, Gloria. Oh, I. There's oh, actually I know like who a, Laura Branigan. There's is. like a little YouTube I clip where she went on to, uh, you Laura know, some Branigan. sort of like morning show or something to promote it when she was in it. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was obviously the singer. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Oh um, my God, I have to. We have to get that clip. Yeah, I have to find it. I can't remember if it was just talking or singing, but um. You still got it. You still got it. <laughs> Laura Brannigan, ladies and gentlemen, awesome. doing a little flashback with Janice Joplin. Not even eight o'clock in the morning, and you got to call that <laughs> up. Huh? Yeah. Laura Brannigan, you know, like I was truly obsessed with Laura Brannigan, <laughs> and also like she fucking died like at a very I know young she age. did. Like she was, she was like what forty seven or something I was crazy very, like that. Very sad about it, and uh, Gloria. Fun fact is my go-to karaoke song. Like that is like really that is like the song that I pick like first when it's my turn. <laughs> How have we? N- I have never heard you sing that. Really, that is so crazy. Yeah, I've we never did. A, heard you I had sing a, that. a work sort of holiday function last year, and uh, boom, right out of the gate, I did Gloria. But oh they were God. they were they're used to seeing me a little more buttoned up, but they got a little little hint. Of me outside the office. Um, so, oh my god! So that, that makes me very happy, and also like just a, a moment of silence for Laura Brand again. Okay, sorry. So who else? Uh, who else? Sass Jordan um, and also Orfe. So you know Orfe, right? Yeah, no, you definitely do. She's definitely like a Broadway name and has been a bunch of things. I first knew of her in like the Great American Trailer Park musical, but like her main claim to fame is in Legally Blonde. She got a Tony nomination as Paulette. Uh, so that is. I didn't see Legally Blonde. Really? Or the great. I mean, but she has been in a lot, so like I don't know. She's also uh, her husband is uh, Andy Carl of like Groundhog Day and a million other things. Oh, okay. You're right. I Um, do know who that is. Yeah, and the character that she played in uh, in Legally Blonde was Paulette, who you know is the Jennifer Coolidge role in the movie. Okay. 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 Moment of silence for Jennifer Coolidge, who is like a 
fucking national treasure that woman she's so funny. but she's not dead well i know but i'm just saying let's let's take a moment to appreciate <laughs> i did not mean to insinuate that she was dead i feel like our listeners are well aware that jennifer coolidge is is alive and kicking okay um, okay okay so uh, so in addition, oh yeah, okay. In addition to a singing Janice, there was there was a separate actor that did the speaking Janice and read the letters. A few different actors traded the role, but the person who originally the, the person who originally developed the the role from Inception in '94 and took it to off Broadway run was Catherine Curtin, uh, who's a born and raised New York actor. Uh, for this role, she was nominated for a Joseph Jefferson Award, whatever that is. I've literally never heard of it. Um, but she is best known for her role as correctional officer Wanda Bell in Orange is the New Black. Oh, wow. Uh, so do you know, do you know, did you watch that show? Nope. Really? Okay. Never, never. So I looked her up and I was like, oh my God, she's great. She's like this blonde, grizzled, no nonsense. Was she who at, we saw? That's correctional. Yeah. She like, play, I think somebody came in at one point, but she played it for like a long time. Um, okay. Okay. And she's in a she's a character actor, and she's been a bunch of other series as well. Um, so, in addition to the Janices, there was the band, which was equally amazing. Which was also no surprise because the music direction was provided by Sam Andrew, who was a founding member of Big Brother, Big Brother and the Holding Company. So there oh, was wow. some like definite bona fides here. Like there was a connection to the original band and the music. And then a connection to the original performer through her sister, Laura, who, you know, basically, like, you know, like said this production should go forth and, you know, Janice's own words themselves. So like the whole experience just felt very authentic to me. Um, Music in the show included many of Joplin's most famous songs, including Peace of My Heart, Get It While You Can, uh, Me and Bobby McGee. Ball and Chain and Mercedes Benz, which speaking of karaoke, I feel like people always ruin me and Bobby McGee. Like that's always they, <laughs> it's a it's a fucking hard song. It is. You don't think it is. People you don't think, think, it's think a it good is. Sing along. Mm-mm, yeah, yeah, mm-mm. yeah. You get burned. But, um, yeah. yeah. So this Shanna Sharp, Shanna Sharp can oh fucking kill Shanna that Sharp song. Uh, uh, can sing uh, me and me and Bobby McGee. Yeah. You and I yeah. cannot sing being with Bobby no, 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 no. We can sing along with Shanna Sharp. <laughs> or maybe after like just fine. 18 whiskey shots, we can think we're singing it well. Ig- but... <laughs> yes, 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 exactly, exactly. Um, ignorance, ignorance. Ignorance is bliss. So prior to this, seeing this show, I, I mean, as a citizen of planet Earth, I was definitely aware of Janice Joplin, but I don't think I had like a full appreciate, appreciation of her talent and legacy and, until I saw this show. Um of course, after seeing it, I totally did like a deep dive and read the book with all her letters and burned my way through her catalog. Uh, so I credit this show with steering me into like the Janice appreciation. But I mean, let's be honest with her pipes and tragic life and status as a counterculture icon. I'm I'm sure I would have landed there eventually, but like the show right, definitely right. helped. Um, the other thing yeah, I like, I would totally no, I ahead. would totally say the same thing. I I knew a few songs, mm-hmm. but until we saw that show, I didn't know very much. And it inspired me to learn a lot more. And her life and how she was actually like such a sensitive soul, despite like all of the, you know, bravado and like strong ass rock chick, like exterior that she like, yeah, like it was just like her whole background and everything was really interesting. Um the other thing about the show that I loved was that it continued my education into alternative theater. Um, as I noted, the structure of the show is a bit non-traditional. The venue felt more of a club than a theater. Um, and it was evenings like this and other downtown shows of the time, like the donkey show. I don't know if you saw that. I didn't. Oh, but I remember it. Was it. Fun. Yeah, I didn't. Or see it. of yeah. course, Kiki and Herb at Club Fez. Uh, Club Fez, among other uh, venues where they played, that I feel ultimately blazed the path to the sort of work uh, that I wanted to develop with you. Um, the show did actually quite well for itself. It ultimately ran for like not quite two years, but over seven hundred performances. Uh, wow. it, it was sort of a ca- uh, casualty of 9-11, and uh, as it didn't last too much longer after after that, and uh, and 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 lastly, and lastly, speaking of 9-11, segue. 
The last story I, I would drop here, but I sort of already blew my wad on it, was <laughs> was when I went to the 9-11 benefit housed in this same venue where Alice Ripley showed up and sang a song in a sequined American flag bikini. Um, Wait, where <laughs> at at La Paso Rouge? Yeah, that it, was where the it was the, at this the venue happened. at the village. And wait, theater. how did you end up at the nine eleven benefit? That is a wonderful question because I was thinking about that today. Like, how did I circle that on my calendar? Like, I mean, like, and I don't even remember who I went with, but it had to be through musical theater works. It right? must it have been. been. I mean, it just must have been because it's so so random. Um, Anyway, obviously I already tell that story, but I, I like to repeat it as much as possible. And so it's worth mentioning that at Tony Award winner Alice Ripley wore an American flag sequin bikini to a benefit supporting the recovery from an international terrorist attack where 3,000 people lost their lives. So I just think and it, bears and it was fairly repeat. recent, Oh, it was right? like literally within two weeks. I mean, it was oh like <laughs> the most inappropriate thing ever. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yes. It's so, amazing. So who knows? Maybe three episodes from now, I'll tell it again. Um, that's that's kind of it. So you, so apparently we saw the show together. <laughs> we saw the show together. I, You know what? I, do you know what year it was when we saw it? Was it 2001? Oh, I mean, it had to be 2001 because it closed. Closed, uh, you know, a couple of months after, you know, either late 2001 or 2000, uh, early 2002. But because how did you see it three times? I was obsessed. To... I mean, I saw. I, I know, saw... but but we were living together. Yeah. And I don't remember you seeing it three times. You must have just gone with friends. I did, I guess, obviously. Like I went. Yeah. I was okay, like a. Okay. I was like a love Jana super fan. Okay. 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 I want to see um, it again. You know honestly, like I would fucking see that show tomorrow. See it tonight. I think that. Did you look into? I think it still might have a, an occasional tour. Uh, um, I mean, it's, I think it's still. It obviously is. I think timeless. it's like one of those things like, because it, yeah, and also it's fairly small. Yeah, I was going to say it's um, easy I mean, to produce, easy enough to produce. Yeah. Small. You yeah, know, you don't have to need a set. You don't have to. Have, you just have to have sound. And a great band. Yeah, yeah. Like, you have to have sound musicians, singer, yeah. one actor. But no real lights or set Mm-mm. or I mean, n- not lights. You have to have lights, obviously, but you don't have to have like moving lights or crazy Correct. lights or fog or like, you all know, you need special is just effects. Like, really strong talent. Like, yeah, yeah. But small, small. Yeah. Um, um, I you know, what's interesting is it, it, it's it's so weird because, you know, I was obsessed with Bette Midler at, growing up. Yeah. And as, as we've talked about, did my research paper on her in my senior year in high school. But. I was I had a girlfriend, thank God, to, so nobody would know. Um, and uh, and I remember like I was obsessed with the rose, but mm. I I didn't I don't even I mean, I had to have known who Janis Joplin was at the time. But like we were talking about, I don't think I probably knew much more than two or three songs. Um, and even though I remember like people saying that it was loosely based on or inspired by her, I, it just, it didn't register until probably when we saw that fucking show. And then I think I went back and watched the Rose. I might've made you watch. The I Rose. think you I did remember. actually, because I yeah. was only familiar with like the song, the Rose, but, uh, right. Right. Yeah. And so I think you did make me watch it, which I think was the only time I've seen it. And it, and it, you know, it's a fucking great movie. It's a, I remember it's one it being like a old timey. Of, yeah, I remember it being being a bit of a doozy though. Oh, it is dark <laughs> as fuck. I remember I mean, afterwards but, being like, "That's a one and done. I don't need to see that movie again." But <laughs> but those that like that concert stuff. I mean, for me, it's like watching um, when I see either Babs version or Lady Gaga's version of Star Is Born. Like mm-hmm. those con- those concert. Yeah. Th- those concert moments were real concerts with like real people sure, like, sure, sure. going through an experience and they were shot like really fucking great. And it wow. was, it was, I, I like, and, and of course, Bette Midler, you know, was nominated for an Oscar and was snubbed that year. Um, Which I'm sure but, she would tell you again today that she was snubbed. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> And then she went on a downhill, you know, for a bit there before her Disney renaissance, oh, which dear. she started, you know, that's that's so funny. But but yeah, that I mean, of course, they weren't allowed to use any of Joplin's real music. Right. But if course. you watch 
some of what she was doing it's and 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 major elements of the story it was very uh, very much very a Janis Joplin story yeah, now story. have di- there is supposed to be a there has been on the books for what like fucking at least 10 years right a, a Janis oh, Joplin yeah. biopic like, right there were all sorts With, of names in the mix Melissa Etheridge mm. was supposed to do it at one point. She's obviously, I think, out. She's well, aged out of that pink, role. Pink, pink. Right? She pink was the one was that I was like, it. "Oh my god, she could sing the. She could sing it. She could do. She could do the the vocals. She, she's got a great um, voice." But that has ne- like, as far as I know, there has never been a Janice, an actual like official story of her life i don't think so brought to screen right you have to look that up make sure there isn't some like you know horrific do you have that book by the way we should make sure there isn't some like terrible 1995 movie starring like terry hatcher as janice joplin or something terry (laughs) can you imagine (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure he could come up with something worse but that would be pretty bad Terry ha- does 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 Terry Hatcher sing? She may right. She might think yeah. she does. Oh yeah, she used uh, to think she did right. <laughs> yes, because uh, uh, my partner Chris, like the one of the speaking of stories told ad nauseum, uh, but but worthwhile stories told ad nauseum. He always tells people how he saw her in like a touring production of uh, of cabaret in like the mid nineties okay. or something that she was. Okay, in, so. I've heard that story. That's why that I <laughs> he's connected. told me that story. That's yeah. why. Yes, 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 yes. yes, yes, yes. Also, because... stories told ad nauseum because I just you know I was just with my parents last weekend on a hiking trip. Not that you know any of these listeners care about that, but um, but uh, my mother, like my father and I, were making fun of my mother because she tells the story like literally every time you would like talk to her is that she saw Janis Joplin, which she saw Janis Joplin at a concert before uh, Woodstock, which was in Atlantic City, which had like this like wow equally amazing lineup. We actually looked up on our phones the lineup of musicians when we were hanging out, like drinking wine after after hiking. But uh, I was like, I was like, you know, you're allowed to tell that story. Like so, yeah, we were joking that that's... it's like the first time she meets someone. She's like, "Hi, nice to meet you." I saw Janis Joplin, um, but it's pretty cool. I mean, I'm jealous every time. Every time she yeah. says it, like, yeah, that is, that's a big, that's a biggie. It's a good that's claim a, to fame. Big, big, big thing. It's like I've we'll done. be able to say, "Well, we saw Adele," except we didn't because we were in a bourbon blackout. <laughs> we saw Adele. We we I wept. I remember. I'm pretty oh, sure those you first did three songs. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness! Um, uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, we have to look that up. We'll have to look that up because. Oh, I know what I was going to ask you oh. though. But do you still have that book of her letters? Because I've never uh, read that. I would, you know what? I, I have like, you know, uh, I have that cavernous bookshelf. It could be buried there, but I don't remember seeing it. I'm gonna. I'll have a look. I'll have a look. Maybe you just borrowed it, or you. I mean. Would you no, have, I definitely bought maybe you, it. Maybe you loaned it to somebody or something. Yeah, maybe I yeah, lent like it to, read to one of our uh, one of our skeezy friends that never gave it back to us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I have several books. Sitting that on it's it's, a, it's a, it became an ashtray for David Doan if he's listening to this. Exactly, or or it was just <laughs> left on a train he just somewhere. Used it for, or, he just used yeah. it for Kleenexes or something. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, or kitty litter, <laughs> the kitty box. Uh, yeah, right. It's like, I'll use this. Hope you're listening. Um, um, that song, Get It While You Can, uh, that, I, yeah, that song was in a uh, uh, a woman who was studying film at OU when I was in grad school. She was also in grad school, and she made her, like, thesis film, and it was this beautiful, beautiful lesbian love story that takes place at Cape May. And that was the <laughs> love scene song. Oh. And I had, I don't think I had ever heard that song prior to seeing it in that movie. Yeah. And it was I mean, that fucking devastating. That is my, my favorite. That is my favorite China song for sure. Really? Me too. Yeah. Yeah. I That's love crazy. that song. I mean, peace of my heart's great too, but yeah, I would say get it while you can. is my favorite.
uh, it's just everything mm-hmm. that she. Yeah, it encapsulates it, it everything. The essence, it says everything. The, the essence of Janice. Oh, yeah. um, so that was awesome. I, I, I'm, I'm really happy that you looked up that venue stuff because we talked about that yeah. once before, and I was like, I think that's the same thing, well, but I didn't actually look it, it up. It has now so been verified. Really cool. Yeah, and okay. I love that it was a bit of a full circle because it was like I love that that I loved that. Uh, yeah, that space so much. And then and we, and then we got to, we got to perform yeah. in there, and the bit about Laura Branigan. Yeah. Oh. Um. I'm All right. so ready to hear about something okay. that you hate. I want to I'm um, ready this... to pile on, hopefully, but but maybe you pick something that I love. I don't think so, but <laughs> I'm actually curious to see if you even saw I, I don't know if you saw this. Hmm. I don't know. I you I don't think you probably saw this. Um, this was also back in the early days of New York. So it was when I barely saw anything because, of course, one had no money. Yeah. And I, I had no connections. And so I would wait till my parents came to town. And so this was uh, a show that I got treated to. Um, uh, I, I, I feel like I was more interested in the show because I thought Gary, my stepdad, would like it. It felt like... I mean, and and also to be honest, of course, like we were, I knew I was going to get great seats, um, and the word on the street was just huge. Mm. I mean, the tickets were selling like hotcakes. Um, the show was still in previews when I bought the tickets. I I can't remember if by the time we saw it, it had opened. I think maybe, but I had bought the tickets before the reviews came out. Okay. Um. So, uh, you know, it was it was sort of like one of those things. It was like. It felt like I you were you got in early and you were lucky. You know how some of those shows are. Like, I mean, obviously Hamilton would. Well, I don't know if that would exactly apply because of the the public run, but you know, you know, I do. You we did those... something's got buzz. I try to get in early, but it doesn't always yeah, work try... out. That was the case would be exactly. more chill. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So it was like that. So I was excited, but I was like, ah, uh, you know, um, it was another, uh, yet another movie turned into a musical and. This movie, like the one I talked about that I love, The Lion King, also originally had some music in it. Um, But again, more was added for the stage production. Yet in reality, it really was sort of, in my mind anyway, the opposite of The Lion King in, in terms of, yes, it was simplistic, but it was really dated and reductive. That's how I felt. Um, the movie was made in 1967, which I don't know if you remember us talking about all of these films that were made into musicals but 1967 was like the a year, year. Huh. yeah like all of these fucking films that came out in 1967 were later made into musicals and this is another one of them it was quite revelatory at and and controversial at the time that it was released it was virtually unheard of as soon as i say this you're gonna know what i'm talking about to put nazis in any context oh, that was okay. funny or considered comedy or even farce. Huh, um, okay. Now, you know, it's 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 not as uncommon. Like Jojo Rabbit just came out, what, last yeah. year or the year before? And that was also that was definitely like a comedic um, sort of context. Uh, this is still true to a certain extent in Germany for obvious reasons. Um, the gay tropes also are ludicrous. The 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 women characters are ridiculous. Um, they everything just feels very 1967. Mm-hmm. And if the show were adapted in 2020, I would seriously doubt that some of the material would be considered okay. But it wasn't. It was what 2000 and Ooh. oh god three four two thousand and one. Oh really? Was that long ago? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's funny because this show, at least in my mind, it seems to have had this incredibly significant moment and then it just kind of fucking disappeared. Mm-hmm. Um, the film version of the musical, which was a musical version of the film, fell flat <laughs> as a rock. Oh my God, um, I never saw that. For- no, I didn't either. I mean, I don't think anybody did. Um, I, I really feel like in retrospect, it feels like it's a, it's a musical that's like really a sitcom and it's masked as satire. And it's really not that 
it's there's like moments but very little moments of satire most of it's sitcom and the show of course is the producers um spring you knew time that, right? for yeah. hitler yes yeah so this this is my <laughs> there's the leading men i mean i am i'm just not a fan of nathan lane i feel like he just mugs and gasps and freezes <laughs> his way into a performance that's as empty as a republican promise <laughs> matthew broderick who pouts and gasps and harumphs at his partner with not an ounce of the charm of his ferris bueller boy days um all of this talk of chemistry in the reviews, I did not see that. I, 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 I the, again, I said the leading lady is just a, a ridiculous misogynistic stereotype. The score are like three note melodies arranged into something that sounds like a children's show. The only song I can even sort of recall is one where a bunch of old ladies with walkers open their purses to flood money at the terrible investment laid out before them to uh, Bialystok and Bloom. Life had passed us by, and love had stolen away. At the end of our rope, we'd given up hope of one lost roll in the hay. Discarded dolls, abandoned wrecks, condemned to a life of sitting and knitting, when all we really wanted was <laughs> sex. And I will admit that that, that, that song, although I don't know what the song is called, and I actually couldn't even find it, huh. was visually very funny. I mean, that was that was like the highlight of that was this the second highlight of the show. Obviously, the 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 um, the core of the show, the soul of the show, is the song "Springtime for Hitler," and it's really fucking funny. I mean, that moment, um, both in the film and on stage, were terrific. But that that is not unfortunately enough to sustain an entire show what do you Even mean gary andrew lloyd gary we- andrew lloyd weber has made billions of dollars for having one good song in a show <laughs> gary fell asleep which is not a good oh my song, god really so you know <laughs> oh yeah 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 he so fucking funny. fell asleep um yeah and so it was just it's interesting like i was thinking like does the producers get done do people license the producers at like regional theaters or anywhere else uh, well, what's the I, answer? I don't know. Oh, I don't I mean, know. I would be I mean, surprised. It was such a big product. I mean, not that you couldn't reduce the, but it was such a big like, as I recall, it was, it was such a big, it was big show because it was like yeah, Susan Strawman and you know, like big chorus yeah. and blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. So a little bit of the history. Um, yes, the the it was a 1960 film 1967 film by mel brooks it was adapted by mel brooks and thomas meehan uh with lyrics and music by mel brooks it was arranged by glenn kelly and doug besterman um as in the film the story concerns two theatrical producers who scheme to get rich by fraudulently overselling interests in a massive broadway flop uh, complications arise when the show of course unexpectedly turns out to be successful and then this is a a direct quote from uh, Wikipedia Uh, the humor of the show draws on ridiculous accents caricatures of homosexuals and Nazis and many show business in jokes (laughs) that doesn't make me want to go see that show (laughs) no no Oh, um, apparently David Geffen is the one who gave Mel Brooks the idea to turn this into a stage musical, oh, which really? is oh. I'm like, what, what dinner or exactly. like, were they smoking some weed or on, on a yacht somewhere? I don't know. Um, and then, uh, Brooks persuaded Mike Ockrent and his wife, Susan Stroman to join the creative tree creative team as director and choreographer but and i didn't know this um mike ockrent who was susan stroman's husband died in 1999 and so she took over as both director and choreographer oh no i did not know that i didn't know i've not i have not heard of him before Mm-mm. so i have to no. look, up, look him up um after 33 previews the original broadway production opened at the saint james theater on april 19th 2001 starring the previously named nathan lane and matthew broderick and ran for 2502 performances winning a record-breaking 12 tony awards breaking the record held for 37 years by hello dolly which had won 10 jeez 
I do remember. That's it. the it other like thing that just fucking pisses me off. I mean, what was its competition? Yeah, it was like, what was its competition what? that year? Like, oh, like Blood Brothers or something? That I is mean, a like... very good rewind. Blood Brothers, the sequel. Yeah. Uh, more Blood. Blood too. Um, Bloodier than ever. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> Bloodier. Yeah. I want to know what the competition was that, that year. I mean, that was around the time of time of like the dance shows like contact or that p- piece of garbage uh moving well, that, out billy joel show moving oh out that God. was also susan stroman wasn't it wasn't moving out susan stroman <laughs> probably I, so. I don't i'm not I'm by yeah, no stretch think, of the imagination a susan, Stro- susan stroman fan no, although you know I, what I you know what her biggest her, actually her um, biggest credit to me susan stroman is non-theatrical it's her appearances on uh ina garten's uh barefoot contessa show (laughs) (laughs) really yeah you know ina garten and barefoot contessa right yeah 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 and ina's got her like yeah right and ina's got her like palace in east hampton and she always you know because she's such a name dropper and has more money than god and lives in east hampton she always has to whenever she has famous people over she always has has to use first and last names so she's like today i'm having my very good friend susan stroman over and so like susan comes over and they do god knows what what and then like go eat out in her like you know 14 acre like rose garden and stuff but but, yeah (laughs) and then she has Zabar as in Zabar over for like fresh baked bread and, and, and right, everything. right. But, but right. Uh, anyway, that's that's that is my that is my Susan Stroman uh, uh, credit. <laughs> wow, 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 wow. Okay, I you know what I did not do is I didn't write down what the twelve Tony Awards were for, but I so I don't know if oh so Susan Stroman might have won. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure she won, and I know it had won best musical. She had to have won. Uh, yeah, but then yeah, were she they had to have was, won for that many Tonys? What about uh, Nathan Lane and uh, and Matthew Broderick? They, were they were they in different? Was well, was one of them considered Nathan Lane? Definitely, Nathan Lane definitely won. He won both um, in on Broadway, and he won the Olivier because this is crazy. I didn't even write this down, but I read it that um, when the, when they opened the West end production, they uh, the producers decided like three weeks before um, opening, I think they were already in previews yeah. that the guy that they had cast as Bialystok couldn't cut the mustard. And so they like begged Nathan Lane oh. to come over and do the role. So he, he did the role in London and also won an Olivier. For oh the my same God. Role. Wow. Well, not messing so, around. Yeah, and the other guy, the other guy got booted out. Damn, um, harsh. After the opening, this is a this is this this you know the, the another reason I hate the producers is because it changed ticket sales. Oh, in totally. New York yeah, forever. Yeah, you're right. This was the this was when premium fucking seating started. And because it was so popular, they could literally sell tickets for like three hundred and fifty dollars, which it, in two thousand and one and two thousand and two was a fuck ton of money. Yeah. So it it broke the record for the largest single day box office ticket sales in theater hi- history, taking in more than three million in one day. Wow. Um, however. The loss of Nathan Lane and Broderick had a very detrimental effect on the success of the production, prompting the return of Lane and Broderick for a limited run from December 2003 to April 2004, which I think is must have been when it closed. That show's sales then broke its own record with over 3.5 million in single day ticket sales. Wow. Oh my God, so you're so that, right. And then that, that you know, that really... So, that really opened the door for like yeah. fucking Book of Mormon yeah, and yeah, then yeah. Hamilton to sell five hundred dollar fucking seats in the, it, the it orchestra just so like, that no schlub like us could ever see a show from that yeah. distance. Then it became like insane cash grab. You're, you're, I definitely remember that that started with this because it was like seemed so outrageous yeah. at the time, and it is still outrageous. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I you know it, it's funny because. There is a part of me that's like really, I don't know, happy is not the right word, but I'm glad I saw it because of mm-hmm. that. And be, we, we got those tickets when we did. And uh-huh. you know, now that would probably never happen. But I just it just makes me angry for so many reasons. A, because it's not very good. Right. And B, because like I said, it changed. It just changed everything. But um, I do have a couple like Springtime for Hitler is 
It is. It is funny. It. I mean, yeah. you know, this is the lyric. Germany was having trouble. What a sad, sad story. Needed a new leader to restore its former glory. Where? Oh, where was he? Where could that man be? We looked around and then we found the man for you and me. And now it's. And then you. You were supposed to sing "Springtime for Hitler." That's all right. Springtime for Hitler and Germany. Deutschland is happy and gay. We're marching to a faster pace. Look out, here comes the master race. Spring. Um, I mean, it's a, it is a very, very funny moment. Again, not sure it's enough to build an entire show around without. With 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 what was such a such a like uh, sitcom story, but anyway, um, and then keep it gay. Do you remember this song? No. Did you ever? Did you see this musical? I did. I did see it. I think I saw it with my parents. Okay. and I uh, and I did see it with uh, with both of them. And yeah, I remember. I was like, it was entertaining enough. Like it served yeah, its yeah. purpose. Like I didn't like hate it, but I didn't, I certainly didn't love it. I mean, and people of course were like eating it up, like oh. the Nathan Lane and the shtick and then Matthew Broderick. Oh. And I, I was just kind of like, am I seeing the same show as these people? Cause it's like, just people were like eating it up. Like, you know, like the end of waiting for Guffman, the show within a show when the balloons come down and the confetti and people oh. are like, Corky, Corky. Like, that's what it was for like Nathan Lane. But, um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't have like, I honestly didn't, I just didn't, I don't remember much if anything about the show other than sp- springtime for Hitler. Although when you mentioned the, like the yeah. old ladies with the, with the, uh, the walkers, right? Like walkers. I kind of, I kind of vaguely remember that, but yeah. yeah, it's, I mean, I, you know, I'll say this. I think it ultimately, I guess was better than Aida. So that's, <laughs> oh, it was definitely better that, than Aida. Something. <laughs> it was definitely, definitely better than Aida. <laughs> But, you know, also, the co- I don't think I hated it, but I was just like, this is not my kind of comedy. Like, I've never been like a Mel Brooks yes, person. Yes, exactly. Like, it's always just so broad. Exactly. And Although, like, history uh, of the... Did you ever see History of the World? No. Uh-uh. No. And you know what? Maybe you I need did. To, you I need to see History of the World. Really you need to see History ago. of the World. Because mm. that is an exception to the Mel Brooks... I mean, yes, it's ridiculous, but it also has fucking... Um, uh, uh, Madeline Kahn. In yeah, it, I was gonna and, say Madeline Kahn. I do love her other, in like, anything. Wasn't she also in Young Frankenstein? Or am I making that up? Yeah, yeah. No, she was in Young Frankenstein. Yeah, which they tried to turn that into a musical. Absolutely. Like speaking of Susan Stroman, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, keep it gay. The theater's so obsessed with drama, so depressed. It's hard to sell a ticket on Broadway. Show should be more pretty. Show should be more witty. Show should be more... What's the word? Ooh, too dark. Too depressing. The theater's so obsessed with drama so depressed, it's hard to sell a ticket on Broadway. Show should be more pretty. Show should be more witty. Show should be more... What's the word? Gay? Exactly. No matter what you do on the stage, keep it light, keep it bright, keep it gay. Whether it's murder. I mean, it's kind of funny. I guess it's it's maybe this is um, a precursor to. Oh no no no! This is like a, a copy of of South Park, right? Th- uh, I, uh, I guess. I'm super. Thanks for asking. Oh, yeah, yeah. But that's funny. It's like so, a, like with yeah. the, like this song that you're that you I do not remember that you're citing. Plus last uh, episode it, when I talked about Spanish Rose from Bye Bye Birdie, I'm like, if it's you can get away with that kind of shit if it's funny. But I'm like, it's not funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not funny. Yeah. It's not funny. Yeah. And the character was just so ridiculous. But mm. um, yeah, it's it's. And I didn't remember the song either. I spent a little bit of time this afternoon listening to it. And I was like, I don't remember any of this. And <laughs> my memory reason. of it being like three notes per song is is actually pretty accurate. Wow. So, um, But I do have a few. I do have a few um, interesting facts. Again, most of these are actually about the movie and not about the show. But 
The original film, uh, Mel Brooks won an Oscar for best original screenplay. Seriously? This, oh my god! Movie. Random. Yeah, and it and it was not a success. It hmm. was actually a box office failure. It didn't gain popularity until sixteen millimeter prints began circulating in colleges throughout the seventies. So it was a cult film, not not unlike like Rocky Horror. Yeah. Or I mean, I think um, you know it was just it was a little indie yeah. movie basically. Huh. Um, oh, this is this is uh, this is actually related to the musical. Mel Brooks cannot read music, so. Um, uh, all of the the when he adapted the movie into a stage musical, he wrote the entire score by himself using a method of singing into a tape tape recorder and having it transcribed by a, a musician. By a, I a actually score. remember yeah. reading that at one point. So yeah, it's yeah, kind of interesting. Um, because of the springtime for Hitler musical number, the film was initially banned in Germany, where laws against public displays of Nazi symbolism had been in place since the end of World War II. It wasn't screened there until it was included in a film festival featuring the works of Jewish filmmakers. I also read in exactly the same uh, website on IMDb that that was not true. So I don't know which one is true. Um, we'll leave it to you, listeners. <laughs> to get, yeah. To, yeah, yeah, you yeah, pick yeah, the yeah. truth. Uh, you. There's just two more things. You probably won't find this as interesting, but Peter Sellers. Do you know, do you know Peter Sellers by name? He was most he was most known for being work? Inspector Clouseau. Oh, okay, he was in he okay. was in the Pink Panther movies. Yeah, that okay, was his okay, that was okay. his big thing. But he actually gotcha. did other movies. He did a movie called Being There. He did um, a uh, oh gosh, what's the guy who uh, he did a Kubrick film I think called um, How I Learned to Love Myself or Love the Atomic Bomb or oh my god, I'm really fucking that up. Uh, anyway, he had wanted Peter Sellers. To do the role of Bloom, which um, but uh, he um, he 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 wasn't successful in convincing him to do it, and so that's how Gene Wilder landed the role. Oh, Peter I Sellers know. also had another element in promoting this film because he, once the film was made, Mel Brooks couldn't get anyone to release it because it was called Springtime for Hitler. <laughs> and he and he showed it to Peter Sellers and Peter Sellers said, you should call it the producers. And as soon as they changed the name, it was a go. Then then they were able to get theaters to show it. Yeah. Oh. Um, and finally, um, and I had I did not know this. You two <laughs> named their I think it was 94, 92 album Octung Baby after a line in the film spoken by Franz Liebekind. Oh, that's a who fun I, fact. Who I, yeah, I, 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 I did, I did not know that. And you, so, and you, with your U two obsession, yeah, I love. I used to that. love U two. So um, that's what I have to say about the producers. I, you know, I, I, I don't hate it. Hate it. Like it's not like I think it's. Uh, trash but i just yeah there's things about it that make me angry and we already talked about them so um that's 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 i don't think i have much more to add especially because i didn't see the film um it was uma thurman who played the blank canvas character right yes 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 but did you ever see the original film no no i mean if you're going to ever ever Put that on your list. Yeah. Watch the the Gene Wilder and Zero Mostel. Not, yeah, we'll film. see. I think I tried to watch a Young Frankenstein recently and uh, couldn't get through it. So we shall see. Yeah, Again, I it's just it. not my my kind of comedy. It's no, <laughs> no, no, nope, nope. Okay. Um, All right. Well. Well. Uh, I another... hope you're another. Two musicals that uh, we, we love, hate, we, we love, hate, and we love, and we're uh, we're just gonna keep doing this. So we're just. I hope, I hope you're. Just, I hope you're still with us. <laughs> Pretty soon um, we're gonna be talking yes. about uh, musicals that you've never heard of, perhaps. Perhaps actually, um, actually, we already have because we've talked about yeah. some of our musicals. <laughs> that's true, and, and Suzanne Summers. I'm sure that that's, that's, that's a true. That might, limited audience that might have for been Suzanne a, Summers. That might have been a surprise for people. The Blonde and the Thunderbird. 
Oh, I was I mean, so happy. Lion... I was so happy when I found those audio clips to oh. insert because I feel like it really. I could I could talk that if about it. I only it. had a brain clip. <laughs> I that could, if I only had a brain clip. I could talk is, about it, but is... I think you really needed to hear it to understand yeah, yeah, what the experience yeah. was. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Kudos. I think the Lion King is now probably the well obviously the most successful like commercially successful thing that we have had on our list i believe for likes for likes you mean for likes yeah yeah um because you you didn't talk that's probably true yeah yeah that is i mean i talked about the sound of music which was pretty it was quite oh that's true that was quite commercially successful jesus christ superstar in its own way but more not not really like as a stage show um yeah i would say i would say those are those are probably the biggies we've had so far yeah so um we're gonna keep them coming we thank you for listening. Thank if you. If you are still listening, tell your friends. Do tell give your us friends. A, give us a give us a big five star review on iTunes. Um, even if you delete us afterward, like just just <laughs> just do us that just do us that solid. All right. Say that this is um, the thing keeping you going. This like, I want to see is the thing that's. I want to see that comment tomorrow. This is the thing. What that's are you waiting going for? To, that, Put it, put, Save put it us up. all from fascism. That's the comment we need. <laughs> this musical theater yes. podcast. <laughs> this musical theater podcast. Oh my god. Um, little did you know. All right. All right. Until next time. Toodles. Bye. Bye. <laughs>